Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. The show is one in which I will discuss some movies, some TV, some books, some games, some internets, all broken up into individual segments, is what will happen. Now, some of this media you may not have consumed of yourself, so I warn of that as a sort of possibility of spoilers. A spoiler warning. I have uh, sort of coined the phrase, you might say. Uh, I think that's really all I need to say at the top of this particular episode. Yeah, really, that's uh, that seems good to me. Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Wind. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, The Devil Below from 2021. Oh. A group of four amateur adventurers who specialize in exploring remote and forsaken places. Hmm. Pay a visit to Shukum Hills, a town in remote Appalachia, Appalachian Mountains, which was a band-aid decades ago due to a mysterious coal mine fire. <laughs> um, the missus had been bugging me, and probably will continue to do so, uh, to rewatch. Oh, shit, what is the other cave one? Uh, fuck. You know what? If I look here, does it have similar movies? More like this. The Seventh Day? Hmm, no. Wrong Turn? No. How do you not have that other cave movie? Anyways, we were looking for a horror movie, and this one looked not dissimilar to another one in which there's evil stuff going on underground. Which is always fun, because um, really... The possibilities are endless. With these in particular, these these monstrous creatures, uh, they were pretty pretty freaky deaky. Um, horror, scare wise, uh, I'm gonna have to give this movie like a like a like a two out of five. Uh, just movie rating wise, I'd probably go like a solid uh, three if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale. Three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Which uh, this. I would say uh, falls into that category quite strongly. Uh, we've got Will Patton, who uh, I, I feel like is an actor who uh, uh, may not recognize the name, but uh, definitely will recognize him if you were to see him. Uh, the girl, uh, Alicia Sands. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be uh, uh, uh shoot, what is that scale? Oh my god, I'm like just forgetting things in general. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
yes, no one's listening to this, so it doesn't really matter. So I'm just gonna Google. Uh, uh, what's that uh, scale woman on screen name? And I think I, the Bechdel test. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we figured that out. I don't think this movie's gonna pass the Bechdel test, is what I was going to say. Uh, and then I'll do cave movie scary. Uh, the Descent. Ah, uh, yes. That uh, that's you know what? If you're gonna watch a scary cave movie. What about the cave? What was that one? I'm just gonna open the link to that one. Uh, watch the descent over. Um, see, apparently not very remember, uh, rememberable. Rememberable? Mm -hmm. The devil below. Uh, where did it? Did it not open up? The cave. From twenty. I don't know if I ever saw this one. It's a good thing. Blood thirsty creatures await a pack of divers to be trapped in an underwater cave network. Yeah, basically that sounds like the same movie. There's something about uh, apparently this is a genre now. Uh, uh, creepy monsters living in caves, and uh, why we <coughs> sort of as a human species apparently should not be um, delving the depths is the takeaway of uh, this one in particular. They really lean into that sort of idea. Uh, Alicia Sands. Yeah, she was the <laughs> the girl, basically. Uh, yeah, she was good. Um, I guess that's all I really have to say about The Devil Below. If uh, you like scary cave movies, this is one of them. Moving on to the second and uh, only other film, as uh, my film watching apparently down a little bit, uh, Twister from 1996. The Misses had never seen this. So, obviously, obviously, uh, Bill and Joe Harding, advanced storm chasers on the brink of divorce, must join together to create an advanced weather alert system by putting themselves in the crosshairs of extremely violent tornadoes. Um, around this time in the, in the late 90s, and I feel like it's petered off a bit, there was a lot of uh, uh, storm chasers like uh, uh, there, there was some television shows uh, uh, Twister obviously uh, I think there was a few other movies around this time even as well where it, it was sort of like the big thing chasing storms and the people who do it and how they're very interesting um, so this movie obviously sort of playing on that the hype of the time uh, also Sort of, I think, famously, uh, some of the early CG uh, uh, was in this movie. And although it's, you know, for someone in 2021 watching it, you could see the see the lines, as it were. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it's pretty good for the time. Like some of the tornadoes and the flying cow. And, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, things of that nature. Um, you got quite a cast in this. Uh, so you got Helen Hunt as uh, Dr. Joe, uh, a Bill Paxton game over, man. Uh, your bad guy, Carrie, uh, shit. How the hell do you, Ules, right? Uh, Princess Bride, that guy. Uh, he's always a good, uh, just asshole that you, uh, love to hate in movies. Uh, this being no exception. Uh, you've got, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, RIP, uh, Alan Ruck, Sean Whalen, you would recognize. Uh, Joey Slotnick, who I feel like I haven't seen in a long time. Zach 
Grenier. Yeah, some of these names you might not recognize. Oh, Jeremy Davies. Okay, now that I'm on the page, and again, the fact that no one's listening means I could do this. He uh, played sort of a, like, like sort of a timid, uh, uh, fearful, scared, uh, wimpy guy in this. And it made me think that I had seen him play a timid, uh, wimpy, scared guy in something else before. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Okay. Yeah, so apparently... In uh, 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 the late 90s, the mid to late 90s, uh, 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 Jeremy Davies was typecast as a sort of a scared guy. So probably of things you could be typecast as, mm, not your favorite. I would assume Jeremy Davies. Uh, Twister rating four. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's a five. It's uh, it's okay. The pacing's a little, you know, 90s. Um, acting's a little 90s action movie, you know, nothing wrong with that. It's a fine film and uh, one that, uh, uh, if you haven't seen, I would recommend seeing. So, you know, four out of five pushing next button. Television talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Diamond Bladed Mustache Scissors. Thank you for that sponsorship uh, of this segment, uh, Television Talk, in which we were talking television, obviously, specifically a television series by the name of Invincible. Ah, this thing. Uh, this sort of falls into, and I feel like I'm. this is happening more and more often, um, uh, uh, television shows where I suddenly see a shit ton of memes <laughs> using them. Uh, the, the, uh, there was the, uh, what was the last one? Uh, WandaVision. I kept seeing WandaVision memes and I, I hadn't really planned on watching WandaVision. Um, but the combination of everyone talking about it, um, and saying nice things about it. Yeah, there's that. But then also seeing, you know, dozens of memes and not quite getting them. <laughs> Maybe it's a sort of a, a FOMO, probably. Uh, so then that started, the exact same thing started happening with this, Invincible. Uh, this is a animated superhero program. Uh, you know, picture, if you will. Uh, you know, your, your Superman uh, animated series, Batman animated series, in the vein of that, however, for a more modern adult audience, uh, not just in terms of the fact that uh, super, super bloody and gory, uh, the first instance of which I was not expecting, uh, which I think was uh, a character's head just being squished between two superhero strong hands. Uh, and like popped like a melon. So I, I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, just because I was not expecting it. Like I've watched a, a lot, although I haven't in a while, uh, super like violent, gory Japanese anime stuff over, uh, over the course of my, my, my media consumption. However, when you're not expecting it, <laughs> and it fucking jumps out on you. Yeah, it really took me, uh, it took me by surprise. Um, so uh, mature for that reason, yes, obviously, but also uh, mature just in how it is sort of a family dealing with uh, uh, normal situations, normal everyday situations, but also these uh, incredible situations that come about from the plot and from the fact that superheroes exist. 
when supervillains exist. Uh, and people, you know, live in, this is, takes place on a world in which, uh, uh people are trying to, uh, seemingly, uh, quite often try to take over the world as you do. Uh, and then the sort of buildup of the fact that, uh, 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 invincible, he's a, a, a young man, I don't know, uh, late teens who's just sort of developed these superpowers, uh, having inherited them from his father, the father who, uh, uh seemingly very much Superman like in that he is, you know, top of the food chain in terms of power. Um, but we don't, there's something about him. There's something that sort of brews throughout that, uh, uh, towards the end it's exposed. Uh, you know what? I won't give that away specifically, but it, it, it's early on that, you know, uh, something about this guy ain't right. But what I like what they did is, uh, early on, you know, and, and this is almost not a spoiler cause it happens. I think first episode, um, uh, you know that this guy is, I guess, seemingly a bad guy, but then he's got this family that he also seemingly loves, um, and they don't really explain why until, I think, like, the last or the second last episode, why he's done what he's done, which uh, <laughs> I will just say involves the head popping. Uh, so it was sort of like a really slow build. Um, so you're watching this incredible show, with amazing action and uh, 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 just just cool set pieces and fights, but then underlying all that is the fact that you don't know why this guy is doing what he's doing, uh, and that sort of uh, curiosity throughout uh, I think was really a good mix. Now uh, I think I saw I, I got the as I do I have the Wikipedia open. I'm pretty sure I saw season two has been greenlit, uh, which is no surprise because this was incredibly popular. Um, in the, in the sort of closing credits of this season, uh, they hinted at all the possible uh, uh, storylines that could happen in the next season. And that right there, worth the price of admission. Like some of the, the, the things that seemingly they're potentially doing, just incredible. You know what? Does this take place? Uh, what universe? Does this take place in animated? Uh, Based on image comic series. Like, I think they talked about Martian Manhunter, which is in the same universe as Superman, but that doesn't make sense. Yeah, something weird going on there. Uh, a lot of big uh, uh, names as well in terms of uh, uh, voice actors. Uh, let's see, we've got uh, Steven Yoon uh, playing uh, uh, the, the titular. <laughs> Uh, Invinci uh, Invincible, uh, Mark Grayson, uh, Sandra O oh playing his mom, uh, uh, J.K. Simmons playing his dad, uh, a.k.a. Omni-Man. He's a sort of a really, really super powerful. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, Gillian Jacobs, Walter Goggins, uh, Jason Manzukas. Yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, uh, Jeffrey character Wheaties, perfect. Uh, and more Mark Hamill, you got on there. I think I saw, yes, yeah, Seth Rogen is a uh, guest in a couple episodes. I'm pretty sure. Oh, sneak with Martin green. I didn't know she was in that. That's fun. A little star Trek uh, crossover. 
Uh, also, I think I saw, and maybe it was just, yeah, Michael Dorn. So Michael Dorn, uh, he was one of the potential plot lines hinted at in the next uh, season, which was fun. Uh, so of the, we got Michael Dorn and, oh shit, what the hell is the guy's name who looks just like me? Uh, or I look like him. I guess it depends who's older. Uh, you know what? I could do it this way. <laughs> yep, me Googling things. That's what's happening. Okay, Justin Roiland. Yeah, a uh, 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 co-creator with Dan Harmon of uh, uh, Rick and Morty. He does a voice as well. So yeah, Justin Roiland and Michael Dorn. What do they have in common? You might ask. Well... If you were to Google Nerd Cane Adventures, you could see both of them uh, uh, autographing a cane for some reason. See, back in the day, pre-pandemic, I would uh, go to conventions, your Toronto Comic Cons, your Fan Expos, your Niagara Falls Comic Con once, things of that nature. Uh, uh, while in those places, I would have a cane because if you know anything about going to conventions, you're going to be standing in line a lot. And my back... It's not bad necessarily, but strangely what kills it most is just standing still. Walking, you know, picking up shit, not so bad. But just standing in one spot stationary, my back starts to go and gets worse and worse and worse. So I need something to lean on. Hey, a cane. Hey, why don't I get a, a nerdy celebrities to autograph this cane? Hey, why don't I hand this cane to cosplayers and take their picture and then have thousands of pictures of confused cosplayers holding a cane for some reason is what I have done. What I have did perhaps, because I don't know if I will go back to that, uh, sort of scenario. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know what? I'll give you a little behind the scenes action on that note. Uh, in three ish hours, I will be getting my second vaccination. Oh, interesting <clears throat> so uh you know maybe one day we'll be back we'll see uh if i never do it again kind of a shame but also uh, a mentally prepared for that as a possibility invincible not i <laughs> uh season one easy easy five out of five yeah not 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 even a decision there uh eight episodes i watched in two days yeah just as a example of my like of it. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Granny Weatherwax's All Weather Wax. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right. I did it. I finally. God damn did it. The Shepherd's Crown, Discworld number 41 by Terry Pratchett. Yes, the final book in the Discworld series. Uh, finally uh, bit the bullet, as it were. Uh, I've spoken of this a handful of times, I'm sure, uh, uh, whenever a sort of Terry Pratchett comes up. Um, the fact that uh, when he passed away, uh, I, you know, you get that sort of realization that no more... Uh, uh, Discworld novels, no more Terry Pratchett books will be coming out. So, uh, uh, I had probably when he passed away, there was maybe between three to five, uh, books in the series I hadn't read yet. Like, uh, I was sort of slowly, slowly working my way through over the years, spreading them out, 
Um, and then he passed away and eventually I reached the point where I only had one book left, the shepherd's crown, the final book in the series. Uh, and I probably spent four years, five years. I don't know. It was a long time. Um, just sitting without having read that book. I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to read it. Now, eventually I came to the uh, realization <clears throat> that just because I read it, that doesn't have to mean an end. All it means is a new beginning as I start, uh, right back at book number one and start reading them through again, which is going to be a goddamn delight. And probably if I have to assume something that I will just do for the rest of my life, uh, uh start at the beginning, work my way to the ends, uh, uh, periodically just read through these books over and over again is the game plan. Uh, and that's what I've done. I, I'm, uh, about halfway through, uh, uh, the color of magic already, but we're not here to talk about that yet. That'll probably be next episode because, uh, that's a pretty short book and I'm it's a thing about Terry Pratchett novels as he is my, I do believe favorite author. I, I usually fly through the books pretty good. Uh, we're here to talk about the shepherd's crown. Now he, uh, Terry Pratchett, uh, passed away before he finished this novel. Um, I sort of read a little thing about it, how he had written sort of the main points and the main scenes and the main plot and sort of the main interactions between characters sort of thing. And I believe, is it Rob Wilkins? Pretty sure that's who it is. Uh, uh, uh came and sort of, uh, uh, took, took, took that work and sort of, uh, uh managed to, uh, uh, string them together with his own words, uh, trying to mimic the, uh, uh, the, the writing style of Terry Pratchett, not an easy task, needless to say. And, uh, I, I think he did a, did an admirable job. Um, I probably say not my favorite uh, Terry Pratchett, uh, a Discworld novel, which is fine. Uh, easy though, for me to give it a five out of five. I, I know I've given some six out of fives, so, you know, it's still an incredible thing. Uh, we'll say as with any Terry Pratchett, for some reason, and I had this thought the other day as well, um, you know, uh, uh, YouTube, I'll, I'll watch and I'll, I'll, I'll laugh a lot. TV I'll watch and I'll, and, and I'll laugh a fair amount movies, same as TV, sort of on par. Uh, then you get into uh, uh, books very infrequently. Will I laugh out loud? Uh, do uh, Terry Pratchett probably being the exception makes me actually laugh. Uh, and, and also video games. Um, very infrequently do I find myself laughing at video games portal, you know, you know, there's, there's some laughs in that, but, uh, when it comes to books and video games in particular, it's like, I, I, I can never think of a time where I was like crying laughing. Whereas with, uh, YouTube TV, uh, movie, maybe that that's much more likely. And I wonder why that is. Uh, I think my sort of theory is the interactivity is much higher on a, a video game, obviously, but also a book because you are creating the, the, the visuals in your mind by reading the page, which is, you know, you, you sort of don't get much more interactive than that. And maybe now, why would that 
uh, why would that fact uh, seemingly uh, uh, maybe correlation is not causation in this case and I can't really think of why this would be the case I don't know just something to uh, think about anyways uh, deep in the uh, deep in the chalk something is stirring the owls and the foxes can sense it and Tiffany aching feels it in her boots an old enemy is gathering strength this is a time of endings and beginnings, old friends and new, a blurring of edges and a shifting of power. Now Tiffany stands between the light and the dark, the good and the bad. As the fairy horde prepares for invasion, Tiffany must summon all the witches to stand with her to protect the land, her land. There will be a reckoning. Ooh, that sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, whoever wrote that you done good. Uh, okay, so a uh, bit of a spoiler. Uh, of Granny Weatherwax, very early in this, uh, dies. Yeah, so this is one of the main characters from very, very early on and was not expecting that. Uh, you know, I, I thought maybe by the end of the book someone might die. You know, last book in the series, you know, you maybe go out with a bang. But no, it's like in the first, like, some odd number of pages, uh, one of the main characters from this series dies. And I will say, I did cry. Uh, yeah, like the, they made it, you know, uh, Terry Pratchett has a, a, a amazing way to make it not, I mean, sad, yes, but also uh, the thing about Discworld is death is not necessarily the end. You, you meet the, you know, the anthropomorphic personification of death itself comes for your, uh, your quote unquote soul. And then, uh, you know, you get a little chat, uh, you know, just discuss, uh, some things. Death was very nice to uh, her, which is, which is always, a, which was sort of very pleasant. Um, so he, he cuts some of the, the pain with things like that, but still, Jesus, to, to have a character that you've spent years, uh, on and off reading about, uh, it was, it was shocking. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, um, rating I already gave you know what I should do if you've never read a Terry Pratchett novel you know what hey we, we've googled a lot today we'll google this today I'm gonna say uh Discworld where should I start now you could just start like I did well actually I don't think I did uh but you could start with uh, excuse me um the first book the color of magic um and just read in uh you know chronological well it's not chronological that's the thing um uh, chronological in terms of release date but not chronological in terms of story because uh, these books sort of jump around a little bit in terms of that um yeah, there's there's whole web pages devoted to Discworld reading order, but suggested Discworld reading order. Okay, well, uh, some people are saying the color of magic. Yeah, uh, they've sort of done it interesting here in that they've broken it up into main characters. So uh, the color of magic stars uh, Rincewind. 
So you could read all of his books in the series. Then there's the death books. There's five of those. So the, the aforementioned death, you could read his books. The witches. Oh, this must be an old uh, list because it doesn't have on the shepherd's crown, which is a, a technically, a, obviously, a, a witch's book. Uh, the City Watch. I think maybe the City Watch ones are my favorites. Mm, Tiffany Aching. Oh, okay. So they're considering this a Tiffany Aching book. Interesting. Even though she is a witch. <laughs> uh, Moist Fun Link. Yeah. Um, just start with. You know what? I, I'm going to phrase this differently. Discworld. One book to read first, if have never read. <laughs> Can I get that specific? Well, we'll see. Uh, having never read, okay, we got a, a Quora question. Yeah, okay, we'll use this and then we'll move on. We'll, we'll see what answers come up on this. Having never read Terry Pratchett, which book do I start with? Uh, I wouldn't start with the first one, The Color of Magic. While it's not a bad book, it's mainly just a satire of fantasy novels. Yeah, see? Uh, I, was, I, was, yeah, I would have been smart if I had said that out loud, but I was kind of thinking maybe don't start with the first one. Uh, Terry didn't find his feet in the fantasy genre until he'd written a few Discworld novels. Yeah, there's a logic to that. You're not going to be necessarily as good as you can be in your first outing. Uh, one thing you need to know about the Terry's books is that most of them are self-contained and you don't have to read a previous book to enjoy them. Yeah, accurate. Each book contains a complete story arc. However, there are recurring characters that appear in several books. Yeah, so this all, it, 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 it's sort of a universe in which all these characters exist at all times. So you could be reading a City Watch book and a witch could show up. You know, that, that, that sort of thing. But they're... Uh, uh, the Wizard Novels, uh, duh, 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 First Color of Magic. So, yeah, and then he just breaks down the ones. <sighs> okay, so, you know what? This is what I'm going to say, and, and this is my answer now, moving on from him. So, what most appeals to you? Reading about guards in a giant city? Reading about witches? Reading about a young witch by the name of Tiffany Aking? Uh, reading about death, just literally the person, <laughs> the, the person death, uh, and then reading about, um, yeah, I guess technology he's called that, Moist von Lipwig. Mm, I would say save those for if you like it or not. Okay, so guards, witches, death. Which of those three most appeal to you? And then read the first of... Uh, uh, those sort of arcs. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's an answer that I'm going to give. That's, I think perhaps not horrible. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Friendship Drive Taxi Service. Thank you for that sponsorship all right uh we're talking a game by the name of elite dangerous oh that's an interesting title uh i've had this game i bought it in a steam summer sale i feel like maybe years ago um when did it come out 
2015, 2014. So it came out a while ago. Uh, saying that, I, I feel like I should say perhaps first and foremost, still looks amazing. Uh, I, I think they must have done some visual uh, upgrades over the years because it still looks really, really good. Um, and then seeing uh, Lawrence Sontag play it on uh, his uh, YouTube channel sort of finally made me install it and uh, start playing it. And I got to say, but had a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, shoot, you know what? I realized I just said had, which maybe I've spoken of this before. The fact that I do have plans to uh, hop back in and play it some more. However, I just use the word had uh, combined with the fact that uh, quite often when I make plans, when I stop playing a game and I make plans to go back and play it later, I'm going to say 80 maybe more percent of the time I uh, don't end up doing so. I don't know. It's just, I got so many games to play. Uh, it's a, these goddamn steam summer sales, man. Uh, uh, my backlog is enormous. Um, that being said, I'm going to leave it installed because I, I feel like this is the type of game where you can pick up uh, and play a couple of missions um, once uh, I'm going to throw a little asterisk there. Once you learn the controls, because the controls are not simple. Um, this is a game that's sort of famous for, uh, needing to have a, you know, Wikipedia open, uh, <laughs> either for controls or how to do various tasks or how, how, fuck, how to get from point A to point B. Uh, and I can verify, yeah, there is a bit of a learning curve, especially at first, but once you get into it a bit, uh, it's, it declines. That being said, I haven't done all mission types. Like I haven't done a lot of, uh, space battles, uh, which perhaps I should say what kind of game this is. Yeah. So, um, you are in this sort of massive universe. Is it our universe? I guess it is because, uh, soul, that's one of the places you can visit. So yeah, uh, it takes place in the universe and this is sort of famously, just a, a, an enormous universe-sized map, some areas of which uh, uh, a realistic one-to-one -one scale open-world representation of the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so needless to say, it's big. Fuck, I didn't realize it was a one-to-one -one scale. Uh, that's insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so getting from, you know, one end to the other like uh, despite the fact that you have uh, faster than light travel between um you know solar systems uh it can take in real life i think months like i uh, th there's videos on youtube of people who sort of you know you start where uh, uh not in the middle of the galaxy necessarily but in a fairly populous area and you could just head out and just go and go and go and go the, the only thing stopping you is your fuel uh however you can get ships uh and this is recommended especially if you're going to be doing this sort of thing uh ships that get fuel scoops so you can sort of fly around a sun and uh, uh, scoop up some of the fuel there's some danger involved with that you know heat um, you know, getting near a sun in your ship, dangers such as that. Um, but, uh, but, uh, one of the videos I think I saw, uh, where the guy said it took him like months to get out there and, and that's like playing every day. 
Uh, so pretty fascinating. Like he made it to the quote unquote edge of the map sort of thing. Uh, just sort of fascinating. Um, because it's so just so incredibly large there's areas that despite this game coming out in 2014 areas of the map that have never been touched never been explored um you can uh, uh if you discover uh, you know astral bodies planets suns moons what have you uh i believe yeah, I think I saw this. Um, your name, uh, your character's name will uh, will be assigned to that as the first person who discovered it, which is pretty cool. And that's still happening to this day. Uh, okay, so rating-wise, I'll go with like a solid 4+. plus. Um, what I mostly did was two different things. Uh, first of all, I created a character named uh, Grand Negus Morn which sort of, <laughs> I almost don't know why. Grand Nagus is the, 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 the name of the head of Ferengi, uh, the Ferengi people, the Ferengi Empire. What was it called? The Ferengi Consortium. I don't know. Uh, and then Morin was a, a, a character from Deep Space Nine. So I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> then I made my character sort of uh, look like him a little bit. Uh, as much as I was able to, considering these are human characters that you're making. Uh, and then I focused on two main things. Um, uh, like a trade. So like um, people would say, I, I, I need to get, you know, this, these self-stealing stealing stem bolts from here to here. So I would put them in my holds and take them and then, uh, you know, get money and then, you know, get a bigger ship and rinse and repeat. Uh, and then eventually... I focused more on a, a, a sort of taxi service. So sort of a combination of the two, um, which sort of made sense. Like if I'm taking a bunch of uh, goods from here to here and uh, there's people who want to get from here to here, um, I would do that as well. Now, the sort of fascinating thing about that is you, you kind of have to plan your route for these things to make sense, which is not always easy. Um, I wish there was sort of more or like an automatic way. And I, I guess maybe that's taking people's fun out of it if it was automatic, but if there was a way to, yeah, just on that note, some of the UI eh, difficult, people are probably used to it by this point, but just for example, you can't see what missions you have accepted on the uh, uh, mission screen. So you have to like jump back and forth to see where I'm going versus uh, available missions, uh, which is a sort of a pain in the ass. There should be a way to filter it so you can see, uh, okay, so uh, you have a mission that takes this route between these five stars. You're gonna have to do five jumps. Uh, oh, uh, there's a mission at this base that will be on jump number two if you take it Th that sort of thing would would greatly help probably be difficult but uh, uh, uh i think the fact that the missions re uh like they're all randomly generated but they regenerate every was it five minutes or ten minutes i think it's ten minutes uh, maybe that would be less possible because you'd have to generate yeah Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the vastness of space in Elite Dangerous. 
uh, which really does give you a great sense of scale. Uh, okay, so the reason that I think I might go back is I never really did any mining. Uh, I do have a mining laser on my ship. Oh, uh, on the note of ships, you can sort of, uh, um, you know, add, make it super powerful in terms of fighting. Uh, mine had a lot of cargo space, and uh, eventually I got one called the Dolphin, which had a lot of uh, uh, crew space. Not crew space. Uh, space for my, you know, taxi service. Uh, you could focus on mining, and then you need, like, a big hold. Uh, uh, stuff like that. Like you can't really focus on, or at least you're not supposed to from all the shit ton of, of videos that I watch, focus on, focus on one thing rather than be a little good at everything because then you, you, you won't get far. Um, yeah, I guess that's all about elite dangerous. Oh, uh, you do have the ability to play online with others, which uh, I didn't really delve into that too much. Just as a general rule, I don't do that. So, uh, yeah, elite dangerous. Who knows? Maybe I'll talk about it again because it's still technically installed. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Weed and Shrooms. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, I have a little bit of a different one today. I thought I would try out. Uh, this is just a sort of general relaxation vids and streams talk. Ah. Uh, you know what? I should maybe keep this, put this link in. Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, as long as I remember to do so, I'm going to keep a link to a YouTube playlist uh in the episode description now what is this playlist it is basically um i will scope youtube for uh i guess relaxing maybe maybe a little on the informative side uh, interesting weird there's a certain feel to the type of video i'm looking for uh and if you were to look at this playlist uh, you can maybe sort of gather what that feel is um, so the missus and I will, uh, we'll maybe have a show on the go. Uh, like right now we, oh shit. Yeah. We haven't watched Frasier in a bit. We're on the final season of that. Uh, we're watching Superstore. Um, but quite often our default will be YouTube. Uh, and the reason that is possible is because I make playlists with hundreds of videos where we could just sort of watch one and then watch the next one and then watch the next one. And they're all sort of geared towards this sort of certain feel that I'm looking for. It's, it's sort of relaxation. Um, yeah, probably first and foremost, but that's not all it is. Like if it was just relaxation, you know, I could put on, uh, uh, a walk through the forest, which, uh, you know, every once in a while, maybe I'll throw something, you know, like that on there, but that's not what I focused on mostly. So, uh, I'm just going to run through some of the examples of, uh, uh, things such as that. So, uh, yeah, this is a good, good one that we watch a fair amount of, uh, a gentleman by the name of Mikey Chin. Um, and, and actually he fits in a sort of sub genre of these videos, which we've sort of termed, uh, weirdos. <laughs> uh, so, uh, this gentleman, uh, 
I'm not really sure what he does for a living other than this YouTube channel, I guess, where he will travel uh, around the world, uh, less so, I suppose, now uh, in terms of world travel, uh, travel around the U.S. and basically eat more in a day than I have ever seen anyone eat, just sort of period. Uh, yeah, uh, seemingly a, a bottomless stomach, this guy. Uh, seemingly very, very nice, uh, but also... Uh, a bit of a weirdo, and uh, that will be a theme throughout <laughs> some of these videos. Uh, nice people, um, quite often food-related, actually, uh, uh, but also weirdos. Uh, another one example of that, you know what, I should start at the end is what I should have done. Can I change this? I don't know if I can. I'm just going to see if I could change the order. I don't think I can. Damn it. Oh, wait. Sort. Date added. Uh, newest. Aha. Uh, yeah, so there's another guy. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, George Maltz. He's not so so weird, but uh, he is uh, sort of uh, entertaining. He uh, uh, does a show about burgers. Seems sort of like a like a kind of a hippie guy a little bit. Uh, a lot of these are food related. <laughs> Maybe it's because uh, quite often we're watching them. Uh, at least I am around the four twenty uh, time slot. <clears throat> uh, okay, here's here's a not food related one, and this is maybe our favorite, at least our our most recent favorite a gentleman by the name of Steve Wallace. Um, who does something called stealth camping. Now, what is stealth camping? Say there is a... I don't think we've watched that one yet. There's a, uh, a, a, a culvert. <laughs> Maybe someone will, uh, you know, sneak into that culvert late at night and camp in it. You never know. Uh, also, definitely of the weirdos we watch... Maybe the weirdest. Uh, maybe that uh, sort of goes hand in hand with the fact that he may be our favorite. Uh, 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 I'm just scrolling through some of the ones we watch. Uh, yeah, we we do some uh, survival in the woods ones. Um, Steve Wallace sort of treads into that area a little bit, although he's doing it in much more sort of a relaxed, almost glamping-like way. But then we watch some of the more hardcore ones. Like, here's one, Bushcraft GR, Survival Earth Lodge Cabin. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy was pretty good. Uh, there's one called uh, Dancing Bacons. Uh, that one we don't actually ever see the guy, I don't think. But he's got, like, a girlfriend. Um, they'll do things uh, uh, like go to buffets. <laughs> uh, here's one, Eight Japanese Microwave Frozen Meals. So he'll eat those. Yeah, just weird stuff like that. Uh, there is sort of a, a tinge of weirdness to some of these. Uh, Brought in Japan, which uh, I think I spoke of maybe even last episode. Uh, that's a good one. I'm looking for the, the the one guy that I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, th this this is a fun one. Um, Ghost Town Living. So this guy, and I'm sure maybe I've even brought this one back before. Uh, bought this ghost town. Uh, uh, Rancho Gordo, Sancho Gordo, I forget what it's called off the top of my head, and he's sort of uh, just living there, exploring a mine that's there, uh, 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 seemingly starting a cult there maybe, I don't know, something weird's going on, uh, again sort of 
that ring of a bit of a weirdo, which uh, is fascinating. Uh, Eater, that's a good channel. Oh, uh, yeah, these are interesting. Uh, uh, tour, touring uh, 46... Wait a second. Yeah, $46 million New York City apartment. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's one guy who seemingly is the most popular... A real estate agent for the most expensive places in all of because uh, he, he uh, I've seen him do New York ones I've seen him do LA ones Ennis Yilmazer I believe is his name uh, so then we'll just watch the tour of the apartment and you know sort of critique it <laughs> uh, Conan O'Brien we've sort of uh, recently been adding to the list uh, here's one just a, a one year with Tesla solar roof you know, just to see what that's all about. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking for this one guy. Oh, Alton Brown. I'll throw some Alton Brown stuff on there. He's good. Uh, oh, yeah, this weird girl. Korean stir-fried pork and hand-pulled. So, uh, so that's sweet and tasty TV. Yeah, she's a bit of a, a, a weirdo as well. First we feast. Uh, we'll throw on some hot ones. I'll throw them on there. <laughs> Mom accidentally ate marijuana bread. You know, it's 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 sort of an Atlantic crossing with crew. Yeah, so that was like uh, we'll get some boat ones, some some cruise ones, some people who sort of live on the sea ones, just to get sort of a, a view of a different lifestyle. Uh, here's a interview with Katie Segal. Uh, there'll there'll be some things with uh, uh, Betty White, uh, Wanda Sykes. Uh, uh, the reason I'm saying those is because if I see uh, an interview or something done with a uh, actor or, or actress that I know the missus is a fan of, I'll usually throw that on because why not? Okay, I, I found this guy and uh, his name is Eric Surf Six. Uh, he's a, a seemingly American, I think, uh, living in Japan. Uh, we watch a lot of Japanese stuff, just the sort of fascination of that. Um, and he is, <laughs> there's something very odd about him in a somewhat creepy way, um, that, uh, sort of runs throughout a lot of the particular dudes uh, the the guys that we watch on a sort of regular basis a lot of the guys are just real weirdos uh oh yeah uh, this girl uh, lives in russia so we uh, uh, sort of you know she does a day in the life yeah that's something else we quite often do uh, people do a, a day in the life of and then fill in the blank we'll watch those just uh you know uh, it, it, it's relaxation yes it's entertaining yes but uh, it's sort of just to get a little different viewpoint of the world which is which is fun uh vicarious voyager that's a good one um a few things like that. Mikey Chen hasn't done it in a while, I guess because of travel where people go in like uh, first class planes or first class trains or things like that and sort of do uh, tours and reviews of the facilities and such. Those are always interesting. Uh, uh, oh, uh, here's one that we just recently added. Um, uh, old the price is right <laughs> episodes. Uh, uh, this is, uh, this particular one's on a sh uh, YouTube channel called vintage television. It's from January 25th, 1985. Now the reason these are cool, at least all the ones we've watched so far is it's not just the episode of the price is right. It's also the commercials from that time, uh, which is sort of a real fascinating look back. Uh, let's see. 
Oh yeah, uh, Paolo from Tokyo. That's another guy just sort of living in Tokyo. He uh, does a day in the life uh, things quite often. I think that's a lot of them and some good examples. What I'll do... Uh, oh yeah, uh, Beard Meets Food. This is just a guy who does uh, uh, eating contests. Uh, okay, so what I'll do is I'll... As long as I remember, which we're almost done, so I should be able to. Uh, I will leave this list, uh, this playlist. Right now it's got 872 videos on it. It's called M's... Oh, that's a hint at the missus's name there, I guess. Uh, already watched ongoing chillax and playlist. And, uh, so, you know, if you want to check out, uh, an 872 video playlist of just, uh, uh, weirdos, relaxing things, funny things, odd things, entertaining, uh, uh, uh just weirdness, you know, you can do so by clicking on this. And, uh, what I do is I have two playlists. I'm only going to post the already watched one. I have one that we are watching, and then I'll move things off of that as we watch them to this one, just so we don't have to scroll through uh, a million things every time. Because I like to keep it clean, keep it, keep it organized, folks. You know what I'm saying. Uh, speaking of saying things that you know I'm going to, sure, that's a segue, why not? It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper